Hello, you're listening to Jerry McGee on Blog Talk Radio, Overcoming Life's Obstacles. I hope you will tune in the first and third Tuesdays of each month from 6 to 8 p.m. Central Time and listen. We'll be teaching principles on the overcoming life and basically these principles God taught me as I learned to overcome areas, and I'm still overcoming. Uh, We're all a work in progress. And so Abiding Life Ministries, our office is here in Lindale, Texas, Post Office Box 1141, Lindale, Texas, 75771. And um, at the end of the program, if you want to call in for prayer, you can call 646-595-7, I'm sorry, uh, 6, let me start over, 646 595 and then don't forget to press 1 and then that will get you through to us. We'll be happy to pray for you. And so tonight I want to pray first, but I want to teach on a spirit of loneliness. Loneliness is an evil spirit that torments many, many people. And so, Father, we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus and we thank you for your anointing that breaks the yoke. We thank you, Lord, for your causing the eyes of our heart to be enlightened. Father, we thank you that your word will go forth like a fire and like a hammer that breaks rock. Father, we thank you for eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart that can understand so that we can turn and be healed. And, Lord, I ask you to give each person who listens to this message ears to hear. Because of the power of your Holy Spirit, let them be able to hear more than they can normally hear. Lord, I pray that you uh, will cause the words of my mouth to be able to say more than they could normally say because of the power of your Holy Spirit. And, Father, I just ask you to cover every person who's listening in with the blood of Jesus. I ask you to cover uh, Dorothy uh, Carruthers and her family with the blood of Jesus, cover my family and my concerns with the blood of Jesus. And, Father, in the name of Jesus, we just um, ask you in Jesus' name, to cover every person who listens in by the blood of Jesus. We pray a wall of fire, a hedge of protection, your warring angels around us in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, we ask you to, we bind to every spirit that would not confess Jesus Christ as Lord. We thank you that we've been raised to sit with you in heavenly places far above principalities and powers. And we take authority over Satan, principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, wicked spirits in heavenly places. We bind you in the heavenly places and on this earth. We forbid you to work with, communicate with, make contact with anyone on this earth or in the heavenly places to work divination against us or anyone who's listening in. In Jesus' name, we just break your mighty, we break your power in Jesus' name, declaring that we have authority over you. We bind every spirit that would not confess Jesus Christ as Lord. Lord, we pray a special covering of warrior angels over around us around our new president donald trump father in the name of jesus we ask you to put a hold we hold a shield of faith over us in the name of jesus and lord in jesus name we just um, declare that any curses or assignments that are sent against us we break now in jesus name and we send back on the enemy seven times over unbroken in a full force not to kill them hurt them harm them but so they'll fear god and turn away from evil in Jesus' name. And, Lord, we just thank you for what you're going to do tonight, today, in Jesus' name. And so, Father, we just thank you, and we pray that every lonely person will be delivered tonight, in Jesus' name. Recently, the, the principal of Lindell High School uh, shared with me that a survey was taken among about 300 students, and they were asked this question, Uh, These were a group of high school students, and they were asked this question, what is the number one problem that plagues you? And they all said, or the majority of them said loneliness. And so there's no doubt that loneliness is a powerful uh, force in the lives of many people. The devil to use loneliness to torment people, to tell people that God doesn't love them or no one cares for them. Loneliness can be defined as uh, to be affected with or characterized by or causing a depressing feeling of being alone, lonesome, uh, to be destitute of sympathetic or friendly companionship, intercourse, support, um, 
solitary, without company, companionless, companionless, um, remote from places of human habitation, desolate, uh, unfrequented, and bleak. It kind of means to be stood, stood standing apart or isolated like a lonely tower. You know, the Bible says the name of Jesus is the strong tower. The righteous can run into it and are safe, and that's a good place to have fellowship with the Lord. You know, the the strong tower is more real than the building you're sitting in or the car you're in or wherever you're listening to this message. But uh, the the strong tower or God's refuge is more real than where we're at, even though you cannot see it with the human eye. And so God is a good place for us to run in our loneliness. Loneliness is an empty, hollow feeling. Uh, it it uh, is a result of not having anyone that you can share your innermost thoughts and feelings with. Uh, it's symptomatic of how we grew up. Um, the Bible says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. Train up a child in the way he should not go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. Uh, loneliness can come in through uh, the demon that passes down through the generations because the scripture says the sins of the fathers pass on to the children, to the third and fourth generation. So it can come in generationally. We can be born with a spirit of loneliness. Um, it comes in through abandonment, um, through physical, emotional, mental, uh, or spiritual abuse. It can come in through the lack of love, lack of nurturing, the lack of a healthy uh, interaction with parents um, can come in through molestation. You know, it can come in, for example, if you're raised as an only child and say maybe even a child who's, who was born when parents were in later years and there's just not a whole lot of fellowship. Uh, but it can come in. It, it, it has to do with how we're trained up because if a child has a good interaction, fellowship with his parents, a good relationship with his parents, then uh, chances are that he'll not experience that loneliness. But loneliness is a serious spiritual enemy because it convinces the, the devil uses it to convince people that no one loves us or no one cares about us. And of course, that's not true because the Bible says that God loves us with an everlasting love. He loves us so much that he died on the cross for our sins. And people are often mistaken to think another human being can fill this void in their lives. Uh, people with this spirit will feel lonely even in a crowd of people or even if they're talking in a group of people and people are talking to them. And I could just even say, even through the most intimate sexual relationship, a person that has a spirit of loneliness will feel lonely even when he shouldn't feel lonely. Loneliness can be a positive thing if we respond to it correctly. And often a feeling of loneliness or emptiness um, motivates us or motivates a person to recognize the void in their life and cause them to begin to seek an intimate personal relationship with Jesus Christ as their Savior. And, of course, in in steps to be healing, it's always the first step to any healing is to know Jesus as our Savior, to be born again. And I'm not talking about just praying a prayer to receive Jesus and believing in your head. The Bible says the devil believes until he trembles, but I'm talking about a relationship with Jesus where what's in your head gets down in your heart and and gives you a life-changing experience. Because the Bible says if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things pass away and behold, all things become new. Uh, And so uh, loneliness, if it's responded to correctly, can cause a person who doesn't know the Lord uh, to seek a personal relationship with the Lord, or even this applies even to believers that don't have an intimate uh, relationship with the Lord. They don't have a prayer life. Uh, they don't. They're never in the Word. They don't spend time with God, and so uh, this empty feeling can cause a person to seek out an intimate relationship with God. And this is fitting because the ultimate reality of loneliness is eternal separation from God if we don't know God. And separation in a sense because we're not spending time with him if we are a believer. And for the believer, fear of loneliness can be conquered through remembering that we're never alone. Never. God says, I will never leave you, fail you, or forsake you. 
In fact, the Bible says in Colossians, Christ in me is the hope of glory. Jesus Christ living in me. Um, you know, if, if my, my Bible is probably worth about $15, but if I had a million-dollar bill in my Bible, if there was such a thing, my Bible would be worth a million dollars, a million and fifteen dollars. And so when Christ, the King of Kings, lives in me, that should take away a lonely feeling, knowing that he's with me, that his presence, that he lives in me, that I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit. God has promised in, in Hebrews uh, 13, verse 5, I will never leave you, fail you, or forsake you. And when we experience times of loneliness, we should use them as an opportunity to draw nigh to the Lord. James 4, 8 says, draw nigh to the Lord, and he will draw nigh to you. And so we can always run to God and draw near and nigh to him. Um, we, have an in, in it, we have an incredible friend in the Lord Jesus uh, where it says in Proverbs eighteen twenty four that he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Loneliness, loneliness becomes a friend when it motivates me to seek fellowship with God more than I seek fellowship with other people. Um, because he should be not my number one person that I fellowship with. In addition to recognizing that God desires to draw us unto himself, closer to himself, uh, we need to see that loneliness is his sign for us to, uh, to cultivate meaningful relationships with other people, too. Uh, God wants um, the members of the body of Christ to not be uh, isolated or independent, but to share a oneness with each other. Romans 12, verse 5 says, For just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do, do not have the same function. You know, many times people want to compare themselves with someone else, and there's no one like you. No one can ever be you, and you can't be anyone else. If somebody gave you a million dollars, you couldn't be somebody else. You could try to copy them, but you could not be someone else. And so as members of the body of Christ, we all have gifts that differ. It goes on to say, so we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace of God, let each of us exercise them accordingly. And so, you know, if we're the body of Christ, Say say everybody was an ear, it would be a pretty strange-looking body. Or if everybody was eyes, um, it would be strange. Or if everybody was limbs or legs or um, mouths, it would be a strange-looking body. And so we're all individual members, and we all have that very different gifts. You know, it's idolatry for me to want to be like somebody else. I mean, we all have mentors, and we're to honor what they've taught us. But we're not to make idols out of people. And, you know, even though Adam and Eve had an intimate relationship with God, God, uh, God still stated it's not good for man to, live, to be alone. Uh, I know many lonely individuals who are around people all the time. And therefore the solution for loneliness is not simply to uh, be around people, but it is to have a heart-to-heart fellowship with others as a part of discipling. You know, if I start thinking about how I can help other people, that can take away my feelings of loneliness. Uh, when we reach out to other people by discipling them or knowing that God's using us in their lives, we'll experience the same fulfillment, fulfillment that the Apostle Paul uh, experienced with his disciples when he said that they were his joy and crown. Uh, I've discovered that living a life uh, of service to the Lord can really... Uh, it, it takes away a lot of negative feelings. I mean, it's, for me, it's kind of like a carrot, the carrot on the stick. It presses me on to want to uh, go from glory to glory and strength to strength and to every day closer to him and love him more. You know, we can think we love the Lord and, and we love him to a degree, but we really don't know what love is. I'm praying God gives me a greater love for God. And so let's use loneliness to our advantage by allowing God to draw us closer to him. You know, there's a song that I'm sure all of you know that goes, Turn your eyes upon Jesus, 
Look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will go strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. And so we need to get our eyes on the Lord and off of ourselves and how we might be his servant because that would take away a lot of the loneliness. You know, I've been a widow since 1997, and I can tell you I have not spent one lonely day in 19 years because I feel like God is my best friend. I'm not saying that he says I'm his best friend, but um, I want to be a friend of God and Every day I'm conscious of his presence, and uh, I talk to him all the time, and I'm so thankful that he has made a way for all of us to talk to him, for all of us to cast our care on him, for all of us to have a personal relationship with him where he, and recently my faith was so strengthened because the Lord told me this past nine months that Donald Trump would be the president of the United States. And in the midst of all the negativity, uh, every time I would start hearing something that was negative, I would just hear, he's going to win. He's going to win. My hand's upon him. And um, and I'm not trying to get political here, but just knowing that God could speak to me in the midst of all of the negativity uh, increased my faith to believe God is going to heal, heal my body. It's like I've been hearing since I had some a physical problem with my eyes, I've been hearing that I'll be healed. But, you know, there was a little doubt there. Well, this thing of these of these elections has caused me to not doubt God anymore because uh, just living, living every day and not living in trauma, uh, knowing that God could speak to me um, in the midst of all the negativity uh, really has built up my faith because he says my sheep hear my voice and they obey me and they'll not follow the voice of a stranger so God says fear not for I'm with you be not dismayed for I'm your God I will help you I will uphold you with my righteous right hand first Peter 5 7 says cast all your anxieties upon the Lord because he cares for you are you anxious today you know many of us Many people live their lives out of duty and out of obligation to other people. Um, But God wants us to live our life for him. And he tells us to cast all of our anxieties upon him. You know, he's the good shepherd. The scripture says that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. It's the shepherd's job to take care of me. I shouldn't be fretting and stewing over things that happen every day. You know, we spend our life trying to tell the shepherd where to go and try to lead the shepherd and trying to tell him what to do when it's the shepherd's God's job to lead us. And when we let him lead us, it should take away our anxiety because he causes us to lie down in peaceful green pastures. He leads us beside still peaceful waters. Uh, he, he prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. And the scripture says, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, Matthew 25 tells me to to consider the lilies, that God clothes them more than uh, Solomon in all of his glory, and that I should take no thought about what I'm to eat, what I'm to drink, what I'm to put on. And so we're to cast all of our anxieties upon the Lord. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He loves you with an everlasting love. He will never leave you, fail you, or forsake you. And we're living in some pretty um, hard times in this world. And I'm telling you, the Bible says it's going to get worse. And we we have this assurance that he is our friend and he'll never leave us. And he'll not leave us as an orphan, but he'll be there to take care of us. So we cast all of our anxieties on the Lord because he cares for us. Joshua 1, 8, 1, 5 says, no man will be able to stand against you uh, all the days of your life. Uh, Proverbs 16, 7 says, if a man's ways please the Lord, it makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. And there's a lot of enemies out there that would like to kill us. But um, the good news is that when we're in God's refuge, we're safe. You know, if I could picture God's refuge like a big umbrella, 
And when I'm under his umbrella, which is a picture of Psalms 91, the scripture says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High God will abide under the shadow and protection of the Almighty. And so when we step outside of that umbrella, we're out in Satan's territory where the fiery darts are flying. And so we need to stay under God's refuge. And we, that needs to be our dwelling place. God told Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Uh, Psalms 23 says, for though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you're with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. Deuteronomy 31, uh, verse 6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be or dread of them. For the Lord is your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, make your requests be known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasseth all knowledge, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Matthew 28. Now, would you think that the last thing that Jesus spoke before he was resurrected, the last word that he gave his disciples was for them to go into all the world and preach the gospel and to make disciples? And to teach them to observe all that I have commanded you to do. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And the end of the age, you know, so many people think the coming of Jesus is pretty quick and soon. And I believe we're living in the end time. And so we need to live our life in such a way that that uh, we'll be ready for him. We can't be compromisers in the days we're living in. We can't be idolaters or love anything more than we love Jesus. Romans eight thirty five through 38 says, Who is there to condemn us? Will Christ Jesus, the Messiah, who died, or rather who was raised from the dead, who is at the right hand of God actually pleading for us? He intercedes for us. Who shall ever separate us from Christ's love? Shall suffering and affliction and tribulation or calamity and distress or persecution or hunger or destitution or or peril or sword? For it is written in Psalms 44 verse 22 says, For thy sake we have put to death all day long. We are regard we are regarded and counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet amid amid all of these things we're more than conquerors and gain a surpassing victory through him who loved us. For I'm persuaded beyond doubt means I'm totally sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor Things coming shall separate us from the from the from the love of God that was manifested in Christ Jesus. It says, nor height, nor depth, nor depth, nor angels, uh, anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Psalms twenty-seven verse ten says, "When my mother and father forsake me, the Lord will take me up." Isaiah 40, verse 28 says, Have you not known, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even though youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted, but those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings of eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. First John 4, verse 13 says, By this we know that we, are, we abide in him, and he abides in us, because he has given us his spirit. John 14, verse 18 says, He will not leave you as an orphan, but he will come to you. You know, many people today grew up almost even though they had a mom and dad, 
it was like they had to raise their self, and it was like they were orphans. But God said he won't leave us as orphans. Psalm 62, verse 8 says, Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is in God is a refuge for us. Here he wants you. He welcomes you to pour your heart out to him. You know, I can, there's been times in my life when I was so distressed, a few times, most of the time I've slept every night like uh, like a rock, but there's been two or three times in my life, uh, maybe five, uh, that I would wake up worrying and I would get before him and just start casting all my care upon him and the worry would totally leave. You know, God says in John 12 that if we give up our life, we find it. We hold on to our life and try to preserve it. We lose it. Psalm 62 verse 5 says, For God alone, oh my soul, I wait in silence, for my hope is from him. Psalm 121 verse 1 says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills, for whence comes my help. My help comes from heaven and earth, for the Lord made heaven and earth. James 4, 7 says, submit yourself to God and resist the devil and he'll flee. You know, the devil doesn't have to flee unless we first, number one, submit ourselves to him, which is a picture of repentance. So many deliverance ministers just uh, will just start coming against demons and not deal with why the demon is there. And if they don't deal with why the demon is there, the demons will come back. A good way to illustrate is if you've ever been out in the country or been somewhere where there's there's a dead carcass and buzzards are flocked around the dead carcass. You can run up there and shoot those buzzards off. And um, the minute you turn your back, the, buzzard, buzzard, the buzzards will recongregate. And so that's what happens in deliverance. If we don't deal with the sin, then the demons will come back. Um, it's kind of like we have to bury the dead carcass through a repenting of our sin. And so, so many people you know, think that um, that some powerful deliverance minister can cast demons out. And I have people call me from all over uh, all over the world wanting prayer. And, uh, and so many times there's so many demonic spirits operating in them and they don't realize that the demons are there because of sin. And I tell people that have so many problems, that um, you need to make a sin list. You need to go back as far back as you can remember and begin to repent of your sin because the scripture says if you confess your sin, God is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. And so you have to confess your sin, and God is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. At my seminars, I always lead people to repentance, and the demons will lead people before I even tell them to go. Some of them hang on, and you have to tell them to go. But basically, the member, the minute people start repenting, uh, demons leave. And the way I've, I've done self-deliverance for years, just doing work studies, if I had a problem, I would look up the symptom in the Bible. I would look up whatever my symptom was. If it was a body part, I'd look up arm or leg or eyes or ears or whatever body part was afflicted. Or if I, the body part wouldn't be listed, I would listen to, I would do the symptoms, and you can find the symptoms a lot of times in the Bible. And sometimes I would look up the body part and the symptoms, if they were there, and repent over them, and I would get healed. The minute I would, it wouldn't be 10 minutes of me repenting over the word that uh, clear water would be running out of my eyes and my nose. And, you know, that's what the Bible says to be washed with water in the word. The Bible says in Psalms 107, he sent his word to heal you. He didn't send folks to heal you. He sent his word to heal you. And the minute you align yourself with the word of God, deliverance will come. Romans 8.31 says, what shall we say then uh, to these things? God is for us, and so who can be against us? And that's a good thing to know, that if God is for me, who can be against me? And if my ways please him, according to Psalm uh, Proverbs 16.7, then um, it makes my enemies to be at peace with me. And so, it, and also it says in Psalm 41:10, I know God is pleased with me when my enemy does not shout triumph over me. So if God's for me and my heart is right before him, nobody can be against me. Matthew 11:28, Jesus said, Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. 
Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble, and you shall find rest for your soul, for my burden is light and my load is easy. And so coming under the yoke of Jesus is just a picture of coming under God's control through making God the Lord of your life. That means, um, you know, if he's not Lord of all your life, he's really not Lord at all over your life. He's Lord, but not over your life. And so come to him if you're weary and heavy laden, and he'll give you rest. Another way to describe that would be God's the potter, and you're the clay. And the clay does one thing, and that's to yield on the potter's wheel. The potter takes out the junk, and many people live their lives trying to turn the potter's wheel, living in fear, anxiety, stress, fretting, and stewing, but God wants you to come into his rest. In fact, if you're not resting, you're under a curse, and uh, perhaps uh, sometime when the Lord leads, I'll be teaching on uh, be anxious for nothing. The Bible says fretting uh, fret not because fretting leads to evil doing and evildoers will be cut off. You see, if I'm fretting, I'm really trusting myself rather than trusting the Lord. Isaiah 53 verse 4 says, Surely he, Jesus, has borne my, our griefs and carried our sor- sorrows, and that means pain and sickness, yet we esteemed him not, smitten of God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities, and the chastisement uh, that, I'm sorry, upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. With his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned each to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him, Jesus, the iniquity of us all. Uh, Proverbs 18, verse 24 says, uh, A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Psalms 13, verse 1 through 6 says, Consider and answer me, O my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Before, be, let not the enemy say I have prevailed over him, lest my foes rejoice when I am shaken. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. And you know, many places, in fact, most places in the Bible, salvation means uh, healing. I mean, it means salvation, but it means healing. It means deliverance. It means um, preservation. And it means uh, to be made whole. It's easy for us to believe the salvation part, but we it's hard for us to believe the healing the deliverance, the preservation, and to be made whole. It all goes with salvation. It's all in salvation. And so the Lord just recently has brought that to my mind uh, to make it a revelation. And so thank God, you know, when you're almost 80 years old, you need to be preserved, right? Uh, Deuteronomy 31 says, verse uh, 8 says, It is the Lord who goes before you, He will be with you. He will not leave you or fail you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. In Psalms 68, verse 5, it says, He's a father to the fatherless and a protector of widows is is God in his holy mountain. Um, I really like that because I'm a widow and um, to know that God protects me. In fact, uh, widows and orphans in the Bible Anyone that mistreats a widow Or an orphan has to deal with God So Maybe I'll stay single Huh <laughs> Just kidding I'll do whatever the Lord wants God settles uh, Another one. There's another scripture that says God gives homes to the lonely uh, He leads out Those who are his prisoners But only the rebellious dwell In a parched land Psalms 94, verse 17 through 19. If the Lord had not been my help, my soul would have soon dwelt in the boat of silence. If I should say my foot has slipped, your loving kindness, O Lord, will hold me up. When my anxious thoughts multiply within me, your consolations delight my soul. You know, there was a time in my life when my son, um, I had two husbands leave me, um, and I had a son die of AIDS. 
and it had not been, had it not been for the word of God, I would have perished in my affliction. My heart could be so grieved that I would get in the word of God and I'd receive encouragement. And this is what the psalmist is saying. When my anxious thoughts multiply within me, your consolations, your word delights my soul. Isaiah 51 verse 11 says, And the ransomed of the Lord will return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will be upon their heads, and they shall obtain gladness and joy, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Psalms 91 verse 14 through 16 says, Because he holds fast, because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him and I will protect him because he knows my name. When I when he calls to me, I will answer him and be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him with a long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation, my healing, my deliverance, my salvation, my preservation, and my and to be and, and to make me whole. Isaiah forty three verse two says. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. When you go through the rivers, they'll not overtake you or overflow you. When you go through the fire, you'll not be scorched, nor will you be burned. And I'm telling you, the floods, the rivers, the fire is coming, but God says you will not be burned. Remember um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they were put in the fiery fiery furnace. The Bible says they didn't even have a smell of smoke on them. Psalms 139, verse 1 through 18 says, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down, and you're acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it um, altogether. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Jeremiah 29:11 God says, "I know the plans I have for you. They're for good and not for evil to give you a future and a hope." That's encouraging. I remember a time when my first husband left me for his secretary. I was in church and I was the tears were just splashing down on my Bible. My heart was so broken. And a lady next to me, she opened my Bible to Jeremiah 29, 11, where God said, I know the plans I have for you, Jerry, even in the mess you're in, and they're for good and not for evil. And it was almost like, God, you mean you have a plan in this mess? And I held on to that scripture, and I hold on to it today. Do you know that if you're on God's potter's wheel and you're submitted to him, you couldn't miss God if you even tried? Stay yielded to God, and the potter will finish the work. The scripture says, I'm confident of this very thing, that he who's begun a good work in you and me will perform it into the day of the Lord Jesus. Psalms 145, verse 18 says, The Lord is near to all those who call upon him, to call upon him in truth. And steps to freedom, first of all, you need to know you're born again. And I'm not talking about a head knowledge. I mean a time in your life when everything that was in your head got down in your heart and transformed your heart and made you a new creation in Christ. Do you know that 90% of church members are not born again? Um, Howard Pittman, uh, that's his estimation. Uh, Leonard Ravenhill, another great man of God, he said only 5% of church members are born again. And most people that are in the church, they just have a religious spirit. They just deal with the outward. They never deal with their heart issues. And so make sure you're born again. And the way you're born again is to be willing to deny yourself and take up your cross and follow Jesus. In fact, Jesus said, if any man would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Now, your cross is not your mother-in-law, not your father-in-law, not your husband, not your mate, not your kids. The cross is every place your life wants cross God's will for your life. Uh, recognize and admit loneliness. Forgive your parents and your forefathers for the lack of nurture, the lack of interna- interaction. Accept the Lord's provision and his presence. Focus your heart 
on the Word of God, having His Word embedded in your heart. Ask God to fill you with His presence and His Holy Spirit. Find find uh, the purpose of your existence. God knew when He allowed your father's sperm to meet with your mother's egg, and you became a living being before you even became a living being he knew what he had you here for don't waste your life have a purpose higher than yourself live for eternity and not live for for now because eternity is forever and ever without end but if you live uh, 60 70 80 years here on this earth um that's nothing compared to eternity and uh live with the with the with a heart that when you stand before the Lord, he'll say, well done, my good and faithful servant. You don't want to stand before the Lord and have him tell you, uh, you, you've blown it, you didn't get it, you wasted your life. Uh, living in the natural is really a waste of life. It's something we have to do. But each day think about someone you can help. Why? Because Jesus is the light of the world. And he said that we're to let our light so shine before men that they'll see our good works and glorify our Father who's in heaven. And Psalms 23, and I'll repeat this again, says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. When I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you, Lord, are with me. A rod, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for before me in the presence of my enemies, and my cup runs over with with oil. And so, um, what I'm going to do is lead you in repentance, and let's cast out the spirit of loneliness. And uh, and if anybody needs, um, if anybody wants additional prayers, you can you can call. Uh, you can call um, this number, 646-595-4784, and don't forget to press 1, and then that will get you through, and I will pray for you. But we're going to do a group deliverance now, and so just be repenting as you're listening to this. Father, forgive me for the idolatry of thinking that some human can fill up the hole in my heart when you are the one that fills the heart. God, in the name of Jesus, forgive me for fear of being alone, uh, fear of um, being isolated. God, I cast all my care on you. Forgive me for being afraid. Uh, Lord, I want to turn my eyes to you. Um, I want, Lord, I, I want to be used here in this world to please you so that when I stand before you, you'll say, well done, my good and faithful servant. God, forgive me for selfishness. Forgive me for trying to be like somebody else, trying to compare myself to other people. Forgive me for not using the gifts you've given me. Forgive me for thinking I don't even have a gift and that I don't even have a purpose when, Lord, your word says that you have created me in Christ Jesus under good works that you prepared beforehand. Lord, I want to to know you if I don't know you. Lord, Forgive me for not being willing to deny myself and take up my cross and follow you. Uh, Lord, fill up this empty um, feeling I've had, this hollow place, this void in my life. Father, I ask you to come into my life and fill up the void. Thank you that you you are you sit closer to, to me than a brother. Lord, I draw near to you, and I thank you that you said you'll draw near to me. Thank you that you will never leave me, fail me, or forsake me. Forgive me for thinking that no one cares, that I'm all alone and that nobody loves me or cares for me. Lord, I thank you that I can talk to you at any time and I can share my my innermost thoughts and feelings with you because you care. Uh, Lord, I, I recognize the void in my life, the emptiness. I forgive my parents for training me up in a way I shouldn't go, not interacting with me, not nurturing me, not being there with me, not fellowshipping with me. Lord, I forgive my forefathers. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just commit my life to you. Uh, I forgive my parents that I didn't really have a relationship with them. 
They didn't interact with me. They didn't talk to me. They didn't train me up in the way I should go. Lord, I ask you to fill up the the hole in my heart. And I ask you, God, to fill me with your Holy Spirit, with love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, self-control. Lord, forgive me for thinking if I just had a relationship with a person, it would make a difference. But, Lord, you're really calling me to a deep, personal, intimate relationship with you. Lord, forgive me for not believing that you know the plans you have for me. They're for good and not for evil, to give me a future and a hope. In Jesus' name. And, Lord, I just break soul ties with uh, every person who's uh, who's hurt me, rejected me, with my parents, with my forefathers. I call back my soul and spirit from them. I send back their souls and spirits to them. I exchange their image for the image of Christ in Jesus' name. And I cast out the spirit of loneliness. In the name of Jesus, I command fear of being alone. I command loneliness. I command every demon that came into idolatry, spirit that came into the lack of love and nurture. I, can, I cast out the orphan spirit. I cast out isolation. I cast out every lying spirit that uh, I'm not uh, any good or that God would even want to come and fill me. I break the power of those lies. And in the name of Jesus, I break the power of the spirit of loneliness over every person who hears this message. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, that the weapons of my warfare are not worldly but mighty to God for the smashing down of strongholds. In Jesus' name, I cast down every imagination, every high and lofty thing, that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and I take captive in Jesus' name every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now take a deep breath and blow out in Jesus' name. The word spirit means breath in Jesus' name. And, Lord, I thank you that you said you'll keep us in perfect peace when our mind is stayed upon you because we're trusting in you in Jesus' name. Now I'm just going to tell you while we're waiting to see if anyone wants to call in, I'm just going to tell you a little bit about Abiding Life Ministries. You can go to my website. It's jerrymcgee.com. That's G, like George, E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-E.com. And it'll take you to our website. And we have free articles to read. There's free CDs you can listen to with deliverance prayers. Uh, in fact, you can even go on to, go to youtube.com and pull up Jerry McGee, and you can find a lot of uh, teachings with deliverance prayers. But we, um, uh, Overcoming Life's Obstacles, Blog Talk Radio, we are the first and third Tuesdays of each month from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Abiding Life was uh, started in 1978, and I've been in deliverance for 34 years. Um, and uh, you can go to my website, and you can get a, uh, you can sign up for my email. Um, I'm at Lake Hamilton Bible Camp at every every holiday, and uh, we'll be there Thanksgiving from the 24th to the 27th. And if you uh, if you're interested in going to that uh, to that camp, we have prayer teams that pray for people each morning that starts at six o'clock, and we pray till we're through praying for people. We pray deliverance. It's very, it's very inexpensive to attend. Uh, you can go online to LakeHamiltonBibleCamp.com and get information, and uh, they meet every holiday. And um, also, I'll be in Houston, Texas, um, the Friday and Saturday, and it, at the Spiritual Warfare uh, Conference. Um, and so, if you would like to attend that. If you will sign up for my email, I'll send you out notices and also every time I'm going to be on the radio. I have a deliverance meeting once a month in Duncanville, Texas, which Duncanville uh, borders Dallas on the south side. Um, And so if you're interested in attending the Duncanville meetings, if you will also sign up for my email, I'll send you, I send out flyers to when I'm going to be on the radio. I'm also on Omega Man Radio and, and then most recently, Sheila Zelensky Ministries internationally. I'll be on there, I believe, Wednesday night. But anyway, be sure and listen again. Um, and uh, also, uh, if you'd like to give a donation, if the ministry has blessed you, you can give a donation by going into my website. There's a place where you can send a PayPal donation. 
and the precious lady Dorothy Carruthers that that sponsors these programs. Uh, you can send her a gift through uh, PayPal to D like Dorothy Churchy number one at hotmail.com. And we just thank you that your gifts help us to continue to minister. And uh, if no one's called in, well, we'll just say, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and give you more peace. God bless you.